<laughs> it's always good to get up when you've had a talk about a good offering, right? <laughs> and I'm definitely uh, one of the beneficiaries of that. And I thank Lindsay Lane. Thank you guys and your pastor for your support. Uh, the Limestone Baptist Association, not just in recent days, but for all the life of your church. And I uh, just want to be a good representation for you. But know that we're in this together. And it's not a the association is you. It's us together. It's not me, but it's us collectively uh, serving God and watching God do things only he can get credit for. And I'm excited about that and excited about what's happening. I was here last Sunday with you. I snuck in and sat over here on the side and just kind of wanted to listen and watch and see what's going on because today I've got a lot of feedback up here on, on, on the stage. What's going on? But it's just uh, and I, my OCD and ADHD, when they collide, bad things happen, y'all. I'm just going to tell you. And so uh, there we go. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but uh, last Sunday, I really enjoyed being here. And, uh, you know, the, one of the words that you're hearing a lot right now in the, in, the, in the life of your church is the word move. And I love that word because so many people in our culture, especially where we're planted at here in, uh, in central, you know, the central southeast area, uh, a lot of conversation about believing in Jesus when Jesus really calls us to follow him. And you can't stay in the same place and follow Jesus. You know that? It's kind of hard to follow, and then they keep going, and you keep staying. I mean, there has to be some active movement involved uh, in, in someone that is following someone else. I mean, I was in, when I was in kindergarten, maybe I went to kindergarten. I don't know your educational background, but sometimes we played follow the leader, right? And the leader would go, and you would do, or you did Simon Says, and Simon would say stop, and Simon would say go. And they'd try to trick you and say stop, and you'd stop, and you weren't supposed to, and somebody would be out. Let me just tell you. God's not trying to play with you. He has invited you to follow him for his glory and for your benefit, right? And for, and, 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 and for kingdom building. And so I'm excited about it. So today, when you're going somewhere, if you're on a trip, you've got to have a map. You know that? I mean, like I, I've, listen, there's not a man in this room that's ever been lost before. He just didn't know where he was going. Never been lost. I tell this funny story a lot when, when I got engaged to gender many years ago. Now it seems like four kids ago uh, that uh, I went to Memphis, Tennessee. I was, from, I was in West Tennessee at Union University. And uh, at, at my first church I was serving at, she was in the church there. And we, anyways, it was about this time of year. It was actually the 22nd of November uh, when I asked her to marry me. And we went to, uh, I was going to Memphis and I was trying to go to an Elvis Presley restaurant. You know, I got sounds cool. Let's go to Memphis, go down to Bill Street. We're going to go get some barbecue down there, baby. And so, uh, I work on that later. Anyway, so we were going that way. And, and, uh, and I end up, I end up in Mississippi twice on my way to Memphis. And she kept asking me, do you know where you're going? And what did I say? Yes, I do. I just wanted to go to Mississippi twice tonight. And so I was so nervous, y'all. I was just like, I'm just uh, shaking like a leaf. And so with all that going on, sometimes when stuff's going on, you get a little crazy, but there's not a man on the planet that's ever going to tell you he don't know where he's at, right? And so when it comes to church life, sometimes in our, in our, in our spiritual life, we don't like acknowledging we don't know where to go either. We don't like acknowledging where we are in the process. Because oftentimes in, the, in our spiritual lives, it's about the appearance of not necessarily the work that we do and God's activity in our life. Now listen, I'm just going to tell you real quick with both hands up, God has not given us all the same skill set, gifts, or abilities, but he's given us all the same commandment to follow him with whatever we have. As meager as it is, he's called us to be available and accountable to the mission of God. And so this morning, if you got your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It'll be on the screen as well. We're going to be in verses 11 through 21. We're going to do a little introduction, and then we're going to have a little fun at the end. 
But here's the deal. In just a few moments, everyone in this building and those watching online will have an opportunity to make themselves available and accountable to the mission of God. Everybody in this building and everybody watching online will have an opportunity to make themselves available and accountable to the mission of God, to find the map to move. That's one of y'all's key words right now. I want you to find the map to move today. See, Lindsay Lane doesn't have a numbers problem. I mean, on a given Sunday, you guys average about 800 plus on a given Sunday. Right? I mean, that's just what I hear. I mean, y'all, y'all, I was, last Sunday was pretty full. It's fall break week, so some folks are watching us from those beautiful pictures of them sitting on the beach with their little phone up. Doesn't make you feel good? Don't talk to me about being at the beach watching, watching church. I don't, don't want to hear about that, okay? All right? Doesn't make you feel better. But you're here, and we're here because we want to hear from God today. But for your church, just think about this for a minute. If, if you average about 800, and 10% of that 800 is, I'm not a math wizard, but that'd be about 80 people. If 80 folks were having at least one gospel conversation a week with somebody, somewhere, I'm telling you guys, your baptistry would be full every week, and the opportunities for you to invest in others' lives would be overwhelming. But the reality is, in most churches, it's less than 10% that are engaged outside of the active work of what's going on in the church on Sunday morning. You say, Brother Kip, how can you say that? Well, think about if we were at 50%. Think of 400 mobilized members of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church made it their mission every week to connect with one person. I'm not saying everybody you talk to is going to come to Christ. That's, that's God's work, right? The Lord adds to the house those that are being saved. But it's our job to be followers in light and dark places. We just sang some beautiful songs this morning about how we're going to raise our hands and raise our voices. And listen, sometimes God just wants you to move your feet and say yes. And so I'm hoping this morning that God will continue to build on what he's already doing here and what he's already done in the past. You're here because of the faithfulness of folks that have already come before you. And the greatest concern I have in my life is to finish my time, and we just sang about that last breath, and stand before a thrice holy God and have nothing to give him because I chose to live for myself rather than live for Jesus. And can I just tell you, selfishness is real. And it happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. And so let's, let's get the ball rolling here this morning. I want you to, I want you to get well with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're picking up sort of in the middle of a passage here, but it's a good starting point. Because we have to establish this first before we can go any further. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11 says this, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men, but we are not well known to God, and I trust are well known in your consciences. That first verse there in chapter, 11, chapter 5, verse 11, the knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. This is the reality. Every one of us one day will stand toe-to-toe with Christ. That's a, that's a scary, exciting thing, isn't it? I want to be there to celebrate and talk to Jesus, and I want to hear, I want to talk to all those guys. We want to do all those things. We want to celebrate with all, without all the entanglements and the things that draw us down here. Free from cancer and COVID and catastrophes. Can I get a witness? Aren't you ready for that? I am too, man. I am too. And every Sunday we get to, we get a little glimpse of that for just a minute. We come in here and everything that's going on kind of takes a seat and Jesus becomes the preeminent thing in our lives for just a few moments of a day. It's important that we do that. But knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. So verse 12 says, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance 
and not in heart. And verse 12 just reminded me of a couple of things that are going on right now in this COVID culture that we're in. Some of you, I'm so glad to see this house full. I'm just telling you, you don't realize how different. Last Sunday when I sat in this building, how different the energy and the atmosphere is in this place than in a lot of places. And you need to pray for your church, your, your sister churches of all walks of life because it's a tough time. Our, our pastors have a difficult time looking out and seeing a lot more, a lot more pews looking at them than they care to see. And when they call their, their people that haven't been in a while, the, the, the statements they get back sometimes about why they're not there because they, they clearly see them active doing a lot of things. But yet they haven't found their way back to the house of God. Can I say there's really only three reasons why you don't come back to the house of God. One is there are people that have, that have legitimate health issues. There are, those are real. Guys, it's real. There are people that have legitimate reasons why they should not be in a place with a lot of people all the time. Then there's one group that, uh, they're, they're kind of Revelation chapter 3 folks. They're, they're, they're living in Laodicea, and that is that they've gotten used to being home. They're just going to stay there for a little while. And the third party is the one that scares me the most, and those are some that left that don't come back, and they're, they're just lost. That's what you got. Because you can't know what you know and live like you don't. You can't see what you see in this world and think, man, I don't think Jesus is ever coming back. Man, I see what's going on in the world. I say, man, Jesus is surely coming back, and hopefully sooner than later. That was for free. That wasn't even my notes, but you needed that. And so if you're here today, good for you. If you're at home, come back soon, as soon as you can. There's something different about worshiping together, isn't it? You are never meant to be alone in church, man. It's supposed to be a fellowship. It's a connectivity. All right. Let's get back. Verse 13, if we, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ, listen to this, compels us. Because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. You understand that verse 14 is sort of the mission statement of this passage. And that is this, that we recognize that every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet has an issue of separation from a holy God. That we are all dead on the inside before Christ, and that what we need is a resurrected life. And the issue for many people is not a proclamation of who Christ is, but it's a transformation that they need. I mean, if we're doing the same thing post-Christ, something's wrong, all right? And it's not always about, you know, well, I, I wasn't a real bad guy, and now I'm not such a bad girl or bad whatever. It's not about that. Is God becoming the preeminent thing in your life? Is the mission of God, is it, does it trump anything else in your life? Does it, is it part of the, the, uh, the, the, the view in which you go through and make decisions in your life? Or are you just living life hoping that you've got enough of Jesus to get you where you're going? I'm saying that's not a, that's not a great place, that's not a great way to live. Not at all. So let's continue here in the passage. Verse 15 says, And he died, talking about Jesus, capital H, for all that those who live, listen to this, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You don't have to have been in a long Bible study to understand that verse. What did it say? He exchanged his life for yours. You exchanged your life for his. And in that, a kingdom life should spring up. A life that desires to move. Verse 16, therefore, from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, here's another therefore, verse 17, there's a bunch of therefores in here. Why is that? Here's why. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things 
have become new. So before we dive into the meat of the message this morning, because this is sort of the, the preview of what's fixed to happen, I hope you understand that it's okay to say that you're not all God wants you to be yet. I remember in church life growing up, sitting in pews, kind of like where you're at, on Sunday morning when someone, when something would, when we'd have one of them Sundays. You ever have one of them Sundays when the house is stirred and people are moving and, and God's just doing crazy wild stuff and there's, there's, people are getting right in the house and people are coming to Christ in the house and people are worshiping God and they're bringing their burdens and they're casting them at the feet of Christ. And just, there's something about your physical position that says a lot about your spiritual desire. And I just want to let you know, you know this, but anytime anybody's coming this way, they're going the right way. And it shouldn't be, I wonder what's going on in their life, or I wonder what, I know what's going on with them. But yeah, you listen, if you're coming this way, you're coming the right way. And then when you go out there, you'll do it a lot different. In just a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to respond, to be accountable and available to the mission of God. And so what is this map I'm talking about? What is this, this road map that we need to move? What's this map to move? Well, the first thing in the map to move is that God has given us, listen to this, the ministry of reconciliation. Are you ready? It's right here in the text. You can't miss it. It's pretty straightforward. So in verse 18, and now all things, this is after all the therefores, here we get the now. We get the what. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation, verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us, that's you and me, the ministry of reconciliation. I don't know why it is that we want forgiveness so bad from God, but are so tight-fisted giving it to other people. I don't know why it is that we're so excited to sing and celebrate about being reconciled, about being made right with a holy God, yet will not be open to reconciling with others in our life. I don't know how it is we can hold grudges for years and months and decades amongst family members and church members and community leaders. Listen, reconciling, especially on this side of heaven, is not about you being right and them being wrong. Or about you being wrong and them being right. It's about desiring the best things for the soul of someone else more than yourself. It's about more than selfishness. It's about caring about the community of people that are around you. Now, when it comes to Christ, that reconciliation is a debt you couldn't reconcile yourself. Christ had to die. Why? Because when something sins, something has to die. There was a debt to be paid. Now, if that debt's been paid for every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet, then you have nothing to, nothing to worry about when it comes to sharing with others. Why? Because you're speaking out of truth that Christ died once for all. Out of all truth, you can, you can share that with no, with no apologies, with no reservations. And what God does in their life is God's business. But you can have full authority to share that truth with people as you meet them. And you should. And you don't do it by accident. It happens on purpose. And so this ministry of reconciliation, I know we've had, we've had a lot of conversations in recent years about this whole deal about reconciliation. You know, there's church reconciliation, reconciling with God, reconciling with our neighbors. We're talking about racial reconciliation, all these things. And it can happen because what happened in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's doable. Why? Because in Christ, you're a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And the reality is, when these kind of issues come up, what it reveals is there are some things that have not been renewed. It's just the reality of it. It's the truth of the matter. And so we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. Now, now understand that Jesus did the work of reconciliation. He did what had to be done, but he's given us the word of reconciliation. He did the work. 
And he gave you and I the word, the opportunity to share, the, the responsibility, the commandment to go and encourage others to persuade men, as it said in verse 11, to come to Christ. To persuade them to come to Christ. And so what is this reconciliation that God has done? Well, I, I may have shared this with you before, but I just love talking about it. But it's a big word called propitiation, which means that Christ absorbed the wrath of God for our, on our behalf. It's not that it just went away. It's, this is why we worship. Dwayne, this is why we worship, because Christ absorbed the wrath that we deserved. We're, we're celebrating every Sunday morning in our giving, in our going, and in our worship, the greatest, in, the, the, the greatest moment in human history. That Jesus, would, the, most, the biggest injustice that ever happened on the planet was Christ dying for you and me. The just dying for the unjust. And there should be some response from the household of God in that. Some response. Well, <laughs> Bradley, you started this today. If you're more tore up about Saturday than you are about Resurrection Sunday, you've got a problem. I'm telling you, you've cast your lot in the wrong hole. You, you've put your heart in the wrong bucket. I'm telling you, 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 got, you, you, if you get too tore up about that, and you're not tore up about your neighbor knowing Christ, there's a problem with the Jesus you claim to know. There's a problem. It doesn't match up. All right, that was for free. Number two, now we have ministry reconciliation. We're ambassadors for God. This is a great verse, and it bothers me as well. Look at verse 20 with me. Verse 20 says this, Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Listen to, what, listen to the verbiage here that Paul uses. As though God were pleading through us, imploring through us, we implored you on Christ, maybe reconciled to God. Think about that for just a minute. Ambassadors for God. What does it, what does it mean? What does it mean to be an ambassador. It didn't say which part of the household of faith was ambassador. He's speaking generally to the church at large. Now, every one of you today came in, some of you wearing different colors and having different things, and you represent a lot of different places. Some of you represent different parts of our county, different parts of our community. But all those that have trusted Christ and Him alone to save them from their sins represent Jesus. And I get kind of frustrated with the world we live in trying to define the church Trying to define who Jesus is. I mean, you know, everybody's got an opinion. I mean, there's, there's, there's a news feed on, online every day. It's got some opinion about the church or some opinion about ministers, some opinion about the gospel. Everybody's got an opinion, but hopefully we have Jesus. And if anybody should be defining to the lost world who the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is, if anybody should be revealing the reality that the opportunity of living a resurrected life, it ought to be the household of faith. It's not the world's job to define Jesus. It's those that trust him as Lord's job to reflect that truth and to share that gospel with those that we meet. It's our job. We're ambassadors. So I, I, I did a little research and I wanted to ask, you know, we all have to go to the internet. Cause that's the thing now. If you can't fix your car, you go to YouTube. I got one of them little stickers that says I'm a YouTube mechanic. You know what that means? It means I know how to do nothing, but I know where to look for the answers. And there's a skill set in knowing who to call, just so you know. There's a skill set in that. But listen to the definition of the word ambassador. A couple of different options here. One, it's an official envoy. Listen to this. Especially a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as the 
resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. I like that last part. Appointed for a special and often diplomatic assignment. As much as I'd love to tell you that you've got five years, 10 years, 20 years, two weeks left in your life, I can't give you that. There's been Sundays at Lindsay Lane where you've sat next to folks and next Sunday they weren't there anymore. Right? Every holiday, you're like me. There's folks that aren't at my table anymore. And one day, I'm not going to be at that table either. And so I am temporary. I'm here for just a season. And I pray that in that understanding that we are a finite people, when it comes to life on this side of heaven, that we would live with some sense of urgency about the message that we have received and the call that's been given. I'd hope there'd be some sense of urgency. Listen, here's another, here's another definition. An authorized representative or messenger, ambassador, an authorized representative. You don't have to ask permission to share Jesus. You do it. Because you've been called and changed and sanctified and transformed by the renewing of your mind. And from the encounter you've had with Christ, you are an ambassador for God. And so my question is, how's that been going? And and don't look back two, three years. Just ask yourself in the last seven days, in the last two weeks, how have I represented Christ? How has the decisions I've made and the words that have come out of my mouth, how have they reflected the love of a holy God? So, Kev, what's this map to move? Well, I've given you the, the you know, we, we preach have to have alliterations because we're not real smart. We don't remember things real well. And so I, I've, I'm, I'm going to do that there. So we got the Ministry of Reconciliation. That's your M. And we're ambassadors for God. That's our, that's our A. But then what's the, what's the P? Well, the P part of it is our position in Christ. That's what makes this all happen. Because it's no longer I that live in Christ that lives in me, right? Paul reminds us that over and over and over again. It's not about who you were. It's about who God is. And if you've trusted Christ, the word says he now has been infused into you. He, it's as if Christ is imploring people. He's persuading men through you on his behalf. It's no longer you. You're a Christian. You know what that means? A, to be a little Christ, a, a representative of Christ, an ambassador for Christ. That's who you are. And so this morning, when we talk in just a moment about being accountable and being, making yourself available to the mission of God in and through this church for the glory of God, this is not about your personal resume or what you have to offer. It's about, is Jesus king or not? Is he? We say, we say he is. We sing so often about these unbelievable things like surrender and sacrifice and worship and how God ought to get all of our life. And so a few people seem to find that road. I mean, let me ask you this question while we're here. In the last week, has any ambassador for Christ tried to engage you in a gospel conversation? Has any other ambassador, did you run into any other ambassador out there anywhere? In the highways and hedges of life? Did you find yourself in any kind of spiritual conversation last week where somebody was engaging you? 
And I'm going to tell you guys a sad truth. There's very few that are engaging anyone, even in places like where we are. So this position in Christ, well, how does that happen? It's in verse 21. It says this, and we sing this all the time. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is not about somehow getting to a place where now all of a sudden you're ready to make that step. Listen, you're always going to be, hopefully as a follower, on the move. There should always be a move. Why? You're changing. Your situations are changing. Your circumstances are changing. And hopefully your God is changing you. I hope that's happening. Hope he's challenging you. Hope he's changing you. Hope he's moving you to be more and more like Christ. Listen, we must align our our churches on these truths and stay focused on the gospel for the sake of those who are perishing every day without the grace of Jesus. Does it bother you? And can I just, I'm just going, for the ministers in the house, it's so difficult. It's been, it's hard. I mean, when you, when you stand before people that as far as you know, in anybody else's account, never have had anything to do with the gospel of Christ or the ministry of God. Now you speak to those that are there because listen, that guy's, that gal's dime is done. There's nothing else we can do for them. But, but when, when that happens and we try to go back and pull some kind of, some, some baptismal certificate from like 20 years ago and say, well, you know, they got a Gideon's Bible once and they went to Bible school. They must have known Christ. And the rest of their life has no fruit, no evidence, nothing. Not, not talking about a works-based salvation, but listen, I'm telling you, if Christ has worked in your life, you will move. No one meets Jesus and leaves the same. Have you noticed? No one. No one. Even those that reject him leave different. They leave different. But those that receive him, whoo, man, I'm telling you, it changes everything. So here, here's the big question. The big question is, have you, have you been reconciled to God? I mean, you can't participate in a ministry that you haven't received. Uh, are, are, are you saved? Have you trusted Christ? Have you acknowledged your sin, the sacrificial death of Christ for you? Have you surrendered your life to his lead, leadership for the rest of your days? If you already know Christ and have already been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, my question is, are you serving him as you should? Listen, we all have a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas. We all need to do more because, listen, everything we've got, he deserves everything we have. If you sold it all and moved down to a van living by the river, it'd be okay. Why? Because, because he deserves it all. But where is it? Where are you on this map to move? And it may be that you need to start with the M and you need to be reconciled to God. It's time to say yes afresh and anew to our Lord. And I, I felt like last Sunday, as I sat in this pew with you, and these pews with you, and listen, when, when a pastor gives you a vision statement, he's giving you something from 10,000 feet. And oftentimes what we want is strategy, and that comes later. Vision is up here, and then the strategy is the how we do what we said we were going to do. And everything he said last week required two things. God... And God's people. And I know God's going to be there. And the question is, are you going to be there? I mean, last week he talked about 15 first-time folks to go on a mission trip of some kind. Well, listen, you know that every Sunday, Lindsay Lane Baptist Church is on a mission trip? When you get in your car and you travel down whatever road you come to to get to this place, do y'all share the gospel on Sundays? Hey, you know what I heard this morning? I heard somebody got saved this morning at church before we even got to worship. Can God do that? Isn't that good? 
Sometimes he don't wait till Sunday. Sometimes God doesn't work on a Tuesday or a Thursday or a Friday night. God's able to do that. You want to go on mission for God? Make yourself available and accountable to your church today right here. It's like, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know where you need me at. I'll do a survey. I'll figure out who I am. Find out where my spiritual gifts are. I'm going to move forward. I cannot stay still any longer and say I belong to Jesus. It's time to get on your map to move. It's time to move. So we need We know this. It's time to say yes and a fresh new the Lord. We need Jesus and we need each other to do what needs to be done. I believe that God's up to something. Do you? I think there's an unusual stirring in this place. I, I think you've got some great leaders that have come your way. I think God's done an awesome work. And let me just go ahead and help you out here on this one. Just because you're making moves doesn't mean any kind of way that it's, it's some kind of slight to the past. Do you know that? You know you're not still driving Model A's? And some of y'all that have ever rode in one are glad. Things change, right? Life's always changing. And I believe with all my heart that your pastor loves God, loves this church, and loves everything about it from day one to today. Don't you? Do you feel that way? I hope you do. But when you find a man that's chasing God and trying to find God's way and God, surely it looks like God's resourcing things. That, that, I don't think one of you, did anybody write the $198,000 check themselves? If you did, I've got a couple things I want to throw at you. <laughs> I always tell folks at the camp, we have a lot of pro- opportunities, but all we, all I got, all I need is time and money, but all I got is time. And so, uh, there's opportunities there. That was a collective effort to God be the glory. What could God do next? Where's that going to go to the ends of the earth? But outside of your resource, you know what the greatest resource in this room is? You. You. We only live for two purposes. To know God and make Him known. That's really all. You, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you boil it all down, that's what it is. To know God and the power of the resurrection in our life and to make Him known to those around us. I believe we are in this together. I believe we are the body, the body of Christ. We are, there's a fellowship in church. There's no matter... Where we wake up tomorrow, we are connected to the one that loved us first and loved us the most. So I'm asking you today to make yourself available and hold yourself accountable. That's really what I'm asking you to do. Because this thing can't happen unless you move. For all of us to stay the same and do the same things and expect different results, you know the deal. It's insanity. Two out of every three people in Limestone County need Jesus. Aren't connected to a church anywhere. I want to say that number's gone up since COVID. Because those that were culturally Christians that just came because Sunday was a check-the-box day, and I go do that because that's what I do on Sunday because Mama told me so, they quit doing that. They find other things to do. And so there's probably more than you think that need to be connected. So how do we do that? Here it is. Here's, here's, the, here's the going home, the checkered flag. You ready? Y'all have had enough from Kev today. Here we go. I'll be gone in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Next Sunday, your man will be back. If you had not surrendered, you need to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. This is simple, but it's so hard, isn't it? You need to serve him and his church with gladness. It should be a joy. If you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I got to be a door greeter today. Oh, I got, oh, that's my favorite. I used to pastor a church. My favorite was, I got nursery today. Them babies need Jesus. 
don't they? You don't go in there talking about the, the burden. Of, some, listen, somebody's got to sweep the floor. Somebody's got to take out the trash. Somebody's got to take care of the babies. Someone needs to be at the door. Some of y'all need to be up on this platform. I think there's a few seats left in the choir. I mean, listen, you were made to move. Not to stay still. And when we surrender our lives to Christ, which some of you are going to do in just a moment, we make ourselves available to serve. You know what the church gets to do? Celebrate. Because it's always a good thing when you're coming this way, right? It's never a bad thing. And I, I know what happened. I mean, I, I've got friends in my life, and this happened in my own family. Sometimes when your family goes through transition, kids graduate, you retire from your job. Uh, maybe you moved to a new location from somewhere else and you come here and people don't know you like they did somewhere else and you were more active somewhere and now you're here kind of just kind of blending in. Because sometimes in a large church, it's easy to hide, you know. You can come in and come out and do your thing and get on with it. Um, listen, I'm telling you, that's not, that's not the most, that's not what God called you to do. He called you to join the team, get on the job, and like it. And when that kind of culture takes over in a church, when that kind of energy shows up in the building, and you're showing up, when you pull in the parking lot, asking yourself, what's God going to do today? You know what God does? Oftentimes, he shows you what he wants to do. And it won't be because of the eloquency of the pastor, and it won't be because of the song selection of the worship team. It'll be because God himself will show up and inhabit the praises of his people. And through the word of God and the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, lives will be changed. And the world will be different because of it. I'm for that. Are you? When we're done, when we're done, when they call the preacher to come say a few words over your grave, may while we're talking about what you used to be and what you used to do, may, may we just, we're just going to hope that you're standing before Jesus talking about what he did in your life in your time for his glory that's what i want for your church that's what god wants for you quit talking what you can't do make yourself available be held accountable let's move church I ask you to bow your ears, close your eyes where you are real quick only two calls today that's all i got if you're here this morning say brother kev i need to make myself available to this church and the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ through Lindsay Lane. This is where I'm at. Brother Kevin, would you pray for me that I'd make myself available today? If that's you this morning, and you give me the great privilege of one, thanking God for you saying yes, And number two, praying that God would hold you to your, to your call. If that's you this morning and you would give me the great privilege of praying for you and encouraging God to help you to be faithful to what you're saying yes to today. If that's you in this place, would you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you? It's just me and you. Amen. I see you. I see you. There's hands popping up. I just want to be available. We've talked about raising our hands early to worship. Sometimes you've got to raise your hand to be counted yes. Say, God, here I am. We've preached about it. We've sang about it. 
Now it's time to move on it. I see you. Thank you. I see you. Anyone else? I need to be available. God's moving me to a place of availability. Here's the next call. It's accountable. Until you tell somebody, it's just you and God's secret. But you've got a staff here that loves you and loves God. And you know what's really cool is that oftentimes when I've had people in my churches that have said yes to God and moved from a place of sitting to serving, we were already thinking about some needs that we had in our church or a ministry we would love to start or a place we would like to go or a skill set we needed for a particular task. And you know what happened? They got up! And then that Sunday morning beautiful thing happens when the, the mission of God gets involved in the man in, in, in someone's life and it collides together and beautiful things happen for His glory. There's a mission opportunity coming in a few weeks. Hope for Athens. You need to get in on it. Make yourself available. And every Sunday and every day of the week, this church's on mission for God. Make yourself available to it. But this morning, I'm asking you for more. I'm asking you to put your feet where your heart's at. And come find one of your staff guys or gals and tell them, I want to be available to God and I want you to hold me accountable. If you need Jesus Christ, you need to experience the ministry of reconciliation yourself. Guess what? We do that here too. Come. Let's watch God do something great today for his glory. He deserves it. He's given everything for us so that we can be the sons and daughters of God. Let's watch God do something great here. I'm going to pray and you come as the Lord leads this morning. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to stand before these my brothers and sisters. There are many today, God, that have indicated that they want to make themselves available. And for whatever reason, they found themselves in a, themselves in sort of a stationary position. God, I remember that Moses himself spent 40 years in Midian. And then you moved him back to Egypt to deliver your people. And so God, I, I clearly see that you're in the moving business. You moved Zacchaeus from a tree. You, 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 moved, you moved Saul from a place of persecution to a place of proclamation. You moved David from a place of insecurity and, and, and insignificance to the king of Israel. And you've given us Jesus. So God, may we surrender our lives. May we serve you with gladness. And may the church celebrate a unified mission to share Christ, to know God and make him known. God, work in this place right now for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You stand and sing, you come as the Lord leads right now. Come on.